This is the No Swear Gamer from YouTube and the Atari 1700 Game by Game podcast, and you are listening to the podcasting pride of the Smoky Mountains, the Two Dudes in a Ness, with your hosts, Dude Michael and Dude Justin. What up, man? Northside Radio. You're the host, the truth, aka Ron Samper. I'm just calling to show some love. I like your guys' podcast. I just came across it, and yeah. Y'all call in my station anytime you want. Show love, suggest songs. I will air it for you. Greenville, BC, Northside Radio. Have a great night. Peace. Justin. Hello, Justin. Uh, hey. Hey, hey, you're not Hello. Justin. Hi, you, who, who is this? You sound like Stephen Michael from Facebook. Oh my goodness. I am Stephen Michael from Facebook. That's so funny. How about that? Yeah, Justin. Okay, so a little backstory for everybody. This is going to be a bonus episode, just so you know, because um, we plan, we've tried to do a Pirates episode, and we're still going to do a Pirates episode, but we've tried about what, four times now, Stephen, I think, something something like that? I think, yeah. I think we're at least going on four, sure. So we've moved it several times. Well, tonight <laughs> tonight was going to be the night. We sat down to record. Stephen and I got on. We'd just been chatting, waiting on everybody else to show up. Uh, and so Aaron, it turns out Aaron's on the road, and so he's not going to be able to join us. And Justin, I suspect, has maybe fallen asleep with his kids because I can't get a message. I can't get a hold of him. So either that or his... He got caught up in a tornado or something. Hopefully, it's just falling asleep. But uh, so, but since Steve and I were already sitting down uh, to record, we got our time blocked out, uh, etc. We figured, what the heck? We'll just do a bonus episode. We'll just talk to each other. It's been a while since we've had Steven on the show. I'm sure there's lots of things he could talk about. Yeah, sounds good. We uh, we personally really haven't chatted too much recently. That's right. COVID thing, so. I know. So yeah, yeah. We could catch up a little bit. Right. You know, we used to, you know, used to back when it was two days, if we had certain, you know, there was groups of people and we were chatting and then we moved to Bit Brothers, it kind of got dispersed a little bit and, you know, kind of lost touch with a little bit here and there. And then COVID and everything. So, yeah, we'll just we'll just catch up. There's probably interesting things that people will pick up on. Um, but if you're here for a game talk, um There'll be some video game talk, obviously, but um, probably not pirates, as you were probably hoping to hear. So, if you're doing it, if you want to come back next episode, if you if you want, or stick around, listen to Steve and I talk. Maybe you'll find something interesting. So, yeah, sounds good. I do have something I would like to start off with, and it's a huge, huge thank you to the Bit Brothers. Uh, you guys gave away some games last year during COVID. And I actually won, I believe, the first giveaway. Yeah. And I was able to get a game up to 60 bucks, and I ended up picking Borderlands 3 Game of the Year Edition. Nice. And it was fantastic, and I absolutely loved it, and I just wanted to thank you guys so much. That was such a fun way uh, to spend some time over COVID. Yeah. Um, I actually I got hit by a drunk driver <laughs> like oh, in wow. January of 2020. And I was off work almost seven months, and Ooh. in that time, yeah, I played a lot of video games, did a lot of stuff, and that game kind of came in towards the tail end of it, and it was just like perfect timing. So, 
Wow. So yeah, I guess you got, you got, you must have, you must have been injured then. Oh, yeah. I had uh, neck, shoulder, rib, and lower back injuries. Neck oh, man. and super severe concussion was like the worst of it. But I'm I'm mostly better now. I've had like some memory issues and some other stuff like that. But, you know, overall, I'm doing a lot better. In the very beginning, I wasn't able to like even watch TV, let alone play video games. Me so sick. You know, like the motions and stuff like that. Even just TV, you know. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, well, that's terrible. Uh, I mean, it's it's unnecessary. You know, that's that's the worst part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's one yeah, thing. It's one thing if it was but, like uh, you know icy rain or something. You know what I mean? And somebody just lost control. But it's somebody who doesn't need to be on the road, right? So yeah, yep, exactly. So that's he uh, he had a wife. His wife was in the passenger seat. She broke two vertebrae in her back. Nobody so died though, I guess, right? Surgery. So that's no, no. That's thankfully, good. thankfully, no. Nope, I had some. Of course, the the driver was like totally fine. You know, oh, as how it always goes, right? Yeah, but. Yeah, so didn't well. mean to, to take it down that route too much, but just wanted to thank you for the Borderlands 3 game, well, uh, game of the yeah, year edition, because that was fantastic. So You're, you're very welcome. Yeah. And, I, you know, we didn't expect uh, COVID to go as long as it has. I think we're probably going to do it again here in the, you know, another round two of some giveaways here pretty soon. You, you know, year two of COVID, okay. we might as well do another round of giveaways. <laughs> So sure. everybody out there listening, go, we'll be doing it on our Bit Brothers Facebook page. So if you're listening and you want to participate, then you'll have to go join our Bit Brothers Facebook page. And Stephen can vouch. We, he won and he got his game and he played it and it was awesome. So Yeah. Yeah. It was fantastic. And it came in quick too. You guys like were on it. So it was, yeah, super we, cool. Yeah. We were on that. Not so much on our Patreon uh, rewards. Not, not doing too hot on those, <laughs> but uh, you know. I mean, this whole time has just been a nightmare for everybody. So I think, I think everybody's cutting everybody slack, you know, just from, you know, it's just been a really tough time across yeah. the board. So, yeah, but it's real. It's a real giveaway and I could vouch for it. They, they have paid me to uh, do this. Thank you and, and vouch for them. So just send them more money. This is not a pyramid scheme. Right. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, see, you, Stephen will get you hooked and then you got to get somebody else hooked. But ultimately, all the money yep. comes to the Bit Brothers. That's it. It all funnels its way up as it should. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on from that. I do have a funny story. I was going to tell it on the on the on the Pirates episode because I really think Justin would have got a kick out of this. But it's his loss. I'm going to tell it anyways. <laughs> um, all right. Justin's a big fan. You know, he's a big fan of wild animals. I'm sure, as many of us are. Well, I've got a bird problem at my house, and uh, maybe right. you maybe maybe you can help me. Uh, some or maybe a listener out there can help me, but so I've got it's just randomly started. A bird has been appearing on my front doorstep and pecking at my screen door, uh, and he does it every morning. Uh, and to add to the noise, he also while he's doing it, you know, he's got to go to the bathroom. He doesn't he doesn't fly away to go out in the yard. He just does it on my front porch. So I've got all this crap all over my front porch. Got this bird, um, and so my first instinct was that I'm going to put like a fake owl or something out there or a snake like a rubber snake sure tried both of those things didn't phase him he kept coming back i said well shoot so i, I asked my father-in-law and he said well what you need to do is you need to put some vaseline out and sprinkle some r- crushed red pepper he'll think it's like a bird seed and he'll eat it and it'll set him on fire and he'll never come back i said okay well i'll try okay. that 
I mean, that makes sure. sense. That you would think so. So yeah. I tried that. Uh, it turns out I found must have found the one bird that just loves spicy food because not only <laughs> did, not only did he just eat it uh, and keep pecking on the window, but it also gave him like a sense of uh, it's it lit a fire under him and made him even more gung ho about it. So I had even more pecking on the window, uh, even higher up. Like you can see where he's been pecking. He he somehow got higher than last time because of the pepper and uh, more. Uh, bird poop and more colorful bird poop. So, uh, that was a fail. Wow. Yeah. And so, so you can now, confirm he's eating up. yeah, he's definitely, eating. um, and so now, uh, we've sprayed hairspray because apparently they don't like the smell mm. of hairspray. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I'm, I try to go the humane route as much as I can, but it's getting to the point where this, he's got to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I wonder if you can get like uh, a net or something like that and just, you know, scoop him up one day while he's up there doing his thing. Yeah. Well, he try. He Take always flies somewhere. away when he sees me. So there's, there's that. Okay. So he's not that brave. Okay. Um, yeah. I didn't know how defiant he was. Like he just sitting up there crapping, doing it right in front of you. Like, like, what are you going to do about it? You know? Yeah. No, that'd be, that'd be great. If it, I mean, not great, but that'd be hilarious if that was, if he was just that, that strong-willed of a bird that he's just going to do it no matter what. Uh, but fortunately, no, he's uh, not. He's not. A, he's not on that level. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I need a pellet gun. Uh, hit him with some pellets. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. break out. I don't want to break out the real gun and shoot him. Although I, I would be within my right. I'm in the I'm in you know the county, so I can shoot anything I want out here. But in sure. Tennessee, you know, in in the county of Tennessee rural area you I, mean, I can shoot i could probably shoot him and eat him and cook him for dinner but i'm not you know I'm probably not gonna do that i don't huh. know i don't know how good that tastes though probably i mean not. at this point it'd be like the uh coyote and the roadrunner right like it doesn't even matter how bad he tastes it's just like getting it done yeah exactly exactly it's yeah. gonna get it, you ever it, see it, that you see that family guy skit where like he finally catches him and it's just basically it's just like skin and bone and it's like real tough and rough and like terrible, but he's just begrudgingly eating it just because, you know, it took forever. Yeah, that would be me for sure. Like it's going to come to, I yep. feel like it's going to come to that point where I'm going to, I'm going to need to take him down. And then when I do, you can bet he's going in my belly or something. Yeah, you'd have to at that point. Or maybe I'll make a soup out of it. I don't know. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that'll, that'll lighten him up a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, anyways, that's uh, that's my bird story. So, if anybody's got any advice for me out there before I break out the the uh, the heavy artillery, let, let me know, and uh, maybe we can resolve this bird issue. We'll see. Uh, right, like I said, right now I'm on the hairspray. I don't know about the hairspray. We'll see. Yeah. Good luck with that. So, so you, I. Uh, what's up? I was just going to say, so you, you were telling me before we started recording that, uh, well, obviously you played more games, but you got your PS5 and uh, maybe upgraded some some other electronics in your house. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i in a group with uh, some other guys from like Nerdy Thursday and stuff like that. And uh, Mike Lanham, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. I've heard the name. Mike Lanham is one of the, yeah, he's one of the guys in our group and uh he ended up getting me a PS five. Like I paid him for it, obviously, but like he found one and instead of flipping it for two to three times the price, he actually shipped it out to me. So oh, I want to give a shout awesome. out to him. Yeah. Really awesome guy. So I just got that in, I believe last week or maybe two weeks ago, but in the process I was doing research into like, what's the best gaming PC or not PC, but monitor 
TV, like what's the best setup for it? So I ended up getting the LG OLED CX, yeah, which is like supposed to be the top tier creme de la creme, you know, TV out on the market right now for this year. So picked that up. I got it for two grand. I did the my best buy thing, so it was like nineteen fifty. Then I got the LG SN9Y soundbar, which was like another thousand bucks. So I just dumped like three grand into that, plus the PS5 and an extra controller. And the cool thing with the PS5 setup is that you actually get like, I don't know, about a dozen games for free if you have a PlayStation Plus account. Mm-hmm. And you could just download all the games right to them, you know, the PS5 version. So like Street Fighter V and you know, the Call of Duty upgrade and all that kind of stuff. So it worked out really are, well. Are they are there PS4 games, though, I guess, with the PS5 upgrade or whatever? Yeah, but they have it set up specifically for the PS5, um, oh. you know, with the higher resolution and the way that it actually is synced from the system to the TV. The okay, interesting cool. and kind of disappointing thing that I found out with the PS5 was I launched Call of Duty Cold War and... You know, it it popped up like for the settings to get the game like configured and all that. So you go through that process, and in that process, it was saying that the 120 hertz option, which the LG OLED CX supports, was grayed out. I'm like, well, that's kind of strange. Like, I used you know direct plug in right from the system to the TV. Mm-hmm. I have the sound bar with that. You know, I forget what the technology is called, but you know, it's set up separate, so it's not going through the sound bar. And there should be no lag. Well, it turns out you have to go into the, like, deep buried into the PS5 settings to actually turn on whether you want the game to have performance or resolution. So performance actually unlocks the 120 hertz for the games. So wow. that was the only way to go. But it's, like, buried in, like, three three to four different steps down the settings menu. Well, that's kind like, of it's dumb. It's not intuitive. It is ridiculous. It why is can't the games ridiculous. themselves do that, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know why it wouldn't even – because it, it was set by uh, game de- – it has like game default performance or whatever. So it was game default. Well, the game default had it grayed out. It wouldn't even let me switch it. Hmm. So I don't know if that was a Call of Duty thing or if it's a system thing. But to go in and manu- manually change it to performance was like quite a pain. Like I had to look up. I was I was messaging buddies and like it was not intuitive whatsoever. But once that's actually set up, it looks absolutely fantastic. To go from 60 hertz to 120 is just unbelievable. I'm not a big PC gamer anymore, so to actually have it up on a 4K monitor, you know, 4K 120 hertz, blew me away. So yeah. Call of Duty just looks so good. It looks so smooth. I was shocked by it for sure. Yeah, and I'm that jealous. OLED. I'm jealous. Yeah, that OLED with the the blacks and like just how deep it actually gets into it just looks amazing. It's kind of shocking to me, the contrast ratio, you know, and how, man, it's just so good. If anybody's got two grand to blow, I'd highly <laughs> recommend picking this TV up. <laughs> yeah, who, who's got their stimulus money? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're most of the way there at that point. We've got exactly the thing to buy with it. That's it. No, I, I also have a lot of money going. I also have an LG. I don't have the CX because I bought mine like a year or two ago. So I think I've got the C8 or the C9. I think it's C9. Okay. The C- I think it's C9. So I think I bought it last year or late okay. the year before. Whatever. Whenever the C9 yeah. was the one. That's that's the one I bought. Um, and so, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think they're essentially the same TV, but uh, yours is a little bit newer. 
But mine can do those, those yeah, things I'm, too. But I, I don't have a system that can do that yet. I've got the Xbox One X, which okay. is uh, which can do 4K, but it's not the Series X. And I know that's yeah. confusing, but hopefully we're ta- we're on a video game podcast. So hopefully everybody knows what. Man, I will tell you, I'm like pretty deep into video games, and it confuses the crap out of me. Like, you know, I have the Xbox One. I don't have the Xbox One X. And then at that point, it's the, like the the Series X or the. Mm-hmm. I'm still confused by this. Yeah, it's, it's you know, whenever confusing. they end up coming out with the new, like there, you know, there's like some killer app for it. You know, I'll probably end up getting one. Um, could I spend most of my time now kind of on the PlayStation side of it? But I think they did a terrible job with the naming convention. This they time definitely did. They definitely did. Well, they've been doing a terrible job with the naming convention since the first Xbox. I think they've faltered ever since then. Really. Yeah. Because they went to what 360 and then. Then one, and then it's just <laughs> they're that's the they're, yeah. they're so stupid when it comes to that thing. I mean, I'm an Xbox guy, uh, you know, I, I like PlayStation. Um, they do have generally have better exclusives, but and I always harp on Nick about this, but they do have better exclusives if you like third person action adventure games because sure, that is their exclusive, right? And they're but they're great, it's just that's what they are, yeah. Um, but so other than that, but I've always been, I like racing games and I think Xbox has always, they've always had Forza. So that always pulls me. Oh yeah. Me. The, the Forza, uh, Horizon games, I think are just fantastic. Oh, that open yeah. world aspect of it and the, the RPG elements on top of all the races and everything, you know, I, I really do enjoy that a lot. Yeah. Those are some of the, those are some of the best games, probably period if you ask me, but so that's kind of what yeah. that's that's most of what pulls me into Xbox. But no, I've, I've, I also like the controller. I'm a pretty big fan of the controller. But I guess the big news in Xbox world right now is um, Bethesda, right? So if you want to talk about oh yeah the big draw to Xbox ecosystem, that would be Bethesda. Which I think as of this recording, it just the deal the ink was just uh, dried maybe last week. It should just be drying. Yeah, it, it'll be. I mean, they, that's a super smart move on their end. So it, it'll be interesting to see how the development goes with that. You know, only because how much are they going to be meddling with them, and you know, is it going to stay true to what their current path is and just make it exclusive, or is Microsoft going to start changing things and you know have it potentially not be as great as they have been? Yeah, with their launches and releases. History would show uh, that Xbox is kind of kind of leaves them to their own devices a little bit. I mean, the, the, all these other acquisitions that they've gotten so far, they've kind of just let them remain as their studio and do what, do their own thing. So yeah. we'll see, we, we will see. But they did confirm now that now that the deal is done, uh, they have confirmed that there will be exclusives to the Xbox ecosystem moving forward. Of course, that does include PC um, yeah. now. So. So, you know, you could still have a PlayStation and a PC, but ultimately there will be games from Bethesda that you will not have on if you just have a PlayStation or, or a Nintendo Switch or something like that. So, sure. That'll be interesting to see what happens. I wonder if it'll be as early as like Starfield, perhaps, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I know I'm not sure. I, I know that like the way that I would typically get my systems, like whatever the next generation is, is... You know, I started out with like the Xbox 360 before the PS3 because like I had more friends on that platform and, you know, there were like the Halo titles and all that kind of stuff. So that pulled me in. I ended up getting a PS3 because I typically end up getting both systems before the generation's over. It's just kind of yeah. how long into the cycle is it? 
then by the end of it, you know, I was mostly gaming on the PS3. And then, you know, when the PS4 and the new Xbox One came out, you know, I ended up getting the PS4 first because I had more friends like on that platform. It was on that side. Yeah. But then when, you know, so and then so it's just kind of like flip flopping back and forth from generation to generation. So depending on what they release from Bethesda and, and how that goes, you know, that'll be the system seller for me. And thankfully, now that I got this kind of sweet soundbar and TV set up, I'll be uh, set until the next 8K generation systems come out. Yeah, the, the, uh, you know, convincing uh, the wife to get a new TV is always is always a struggle. Um, but, you know, we had we had our previous TV for about eight years. So I was like, OK. It's about $2,000 for an investment over probably another eight years. So, I mean, it's not that bad, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I figure. You know, you keep the TV for, you know, six to eight years, like you said, and that's when I get the next upgrade. And Mm -hmm. it kind of, with this, it pushed it off a little bit more because if I would have been able to get that PS5 out of the gate, I probably would have had the same TV as you, you know, more likely than not. Mm -hmm. That's true. So it just like, I just got pushed off one you know, and they're right around the corner from their next release, you know, so it's like whatever that's going to be. But I already told my girlfriend, you know, whenever that next 8K system comes out, I'm trying to prep her years and years in advance. <laughs> like, okay, that's the time we'll, we'll get the next upgrade. Yeah. I, it so. is funny. The video game systems do tend to, at least for me, they tend to spur my upgrades as far as TV and stuff goes. Because, yeah, I, I mean, definitely. movies, obviously, um, yeah, movies do look better on the OLED as well. Um, but I was coming from oh, yeah. a pl- I was coming from a plasma, so it's not a huge jump as far as the blacks and stuff go. Because the okay. plasma the plasma had really deep blacks too, uh, and I love the I yeah. love the picture on the, on the plasma, um, the fluidity of it. I, I hate that they quit kind of quit making plasmas, but that's a that's a yeah, topic I, for for I another day. Sure, yeah, I I always I've just had the the LED, and like you said, they got rid of the plasmas. I heard that it wasn't as good for gaming, though. I don't know how true that was because of the response time, like the lag input. Well, uh, I didn't have speak a lot to that. To a I, degree, didn't or? A, I didn't have a lot of issues, but I'm also terrible at video games in general. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe it could be. I don't play a lot of online games or anything like that. So, but as far as sure. single player or couch co-op, no, I didn't have any issues with the with the plasma. Okay, but I will say, hands down, the OLED. Th- this TV that I've got now, this LG OLED, is better in just about every way. But yeah. the the one thing where this is the one thing that it's lacking, and I don't think anybody will ever be able to match what the plasma was able to do is the fluidity of the picture, like the way people move on it. And um, like, it, you probably have seen this cause you've had, you've, you've, you, I mean, you cross generations from at least from CRTs to LCD and LED and whatnot. Oh, for sure. So, but yeah. They like when we move to LCDs and regular LED and all that stuff. They, the the fluidity of the especially people on screen almost became robotic to me. Like the like the way they would move, okay. it kind of is that kind of it was almost too sharp. So the, okay. the so the plasma would kind of kind of smooth that out a little bit. Okay, I see what you're saying. Have you have you looked into the different picture modes on the? LG TV as far as like the cinema mode compared to the game mode, whether it has true motion on or off or anything like that. Have yeah. You I, with those I, to kind I, of get it to the way you like. Yeah. I, the T the T the LG that I've got now, it's basically the way I like it. And, and I don't have a whole lot of problems with it as far as that goes. 
And okay. it's it's almost on par with the way the plasma was. So I'm not okay. I, like I said, I think it's uh, pretty much an upgrade in every every way imaginable. But yeah, yeah. The the PS5 and game mode is just so fast and responsive. Like it it literally blows my old setup out of the water in every single yeah. aspect. Like there's not a single thing I miss from that setup. The one thing I will say though is with like the cinema mode, uh, we were watching a movie the other day and. It was almost with the true motion on for the cinema, which like in the cinema mode, you can't actually turn it off. But it was so fluid. It kind of made everybody look robotic like what you're talking mm-hmm. about because it's so – it's like they create artificial frames between right. – and like it just is so jarring to me. You know, My girlfriend really wasn't able to see it at all. But I could not help but like it was just driving me crazy. I had to dig. And the thing is, you can't turn it off on cinema mode. So I had yeah. to pitch, you know, go to a different mode to then actually go in to get it turned off. So right. that was kind of disappointing. But yeah, that I, was driving I me always, absolutely crazy. I always turn off that true motion stuff just because for that reason, because it always yeah. does exactly what you're talking about. So, yeah, I always turn that off. I usually go with a custom picture mode. Um, I forget the website. I think it. Yeah, I can't remember the website now. It's is either maybe CNET or maybe ratings.com or something. They usually have a um like a you gotta wait for your TV to be broken in, like a, you gotta wait for it to watch like a thousand hours or something. But then once you once once it's broken in and the lights and everything are have been running for a while, you they have like picture settings you can go look where they've calibrated them and stuff. And you can go in and, and monkey around with it with that and but also, I don't know if PS5 has it, but the Xbox has a calibration feature that I use for the Xbox. It's somewhere in the settings of the Xbox, <clears throat> there's a uh, like an HDTV calibration feature where it will give you it'll give you like the color bars to match and everything so that you can get the perfect picture. And so and that actually worked really well for me. Yeah. Yeah, it, it has it on the PS5 where you can go in, it does like the the HDR settings and you know the the, you know, as far as the resolution, make sure that's maxed out and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was kind of interesting to me because the PS5 was like absolutely perfect. Everything's fine. But on my 4K Fire Stick, it was like off shifted. I actually had to increase the picture by 2%. And it's touted as 4K, you know, and it plays 4K video and all that. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. I thought it was like something that had to do with the screensaver settings where it actually does like the pixel shift and the you know, with a pixel refresh and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. You know, I turned all that on to the most conservative settings because of that OLED I've never had before. Yeah, don't I was want to burn about, in, right? You know, pixel burn in. Yeah. So, yeah, the Fire Stick had to get increased by 2%, but the PS5 looks unbelievably good. Like, it's yeah, actually weird. shocking to me how, how good it looks. What were, what were you coming from before? So my... You know what? It's It was some... Samsung 55 inch. This is a LG 65 inch, and the TV's got to be at least six years old, if not older. Mm. So I don't even know what the model is at this point. But it had a game mode. <laughs> um, the uh, the deep blacks weren't the greatest on it, um, yeah. but the response time was was decent in game mode. Um, I just left the TV in game mode at all times. You know, it didn't do anything for the colors on anything that I was watching, just because it was kind of a pain. You know. Yeah. The pain of having to press one button to switch back and forth. But right. like, you know, uh, yeah, so that's, I don't even know what the model is, to be honest with you. It's, that's you almost, know, roughly six years old. 
pushing that button to change out a game is almost as bad as getting up to switch the channel on the TV from back in the day, right? It's pretty close. It really is. It, you know, that's how, that's how far into laziness really have become with the technology, you know, and now the switching between the fire stick and the PS five, the new TV just switches automatically. I know that's that's the best part. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. The switching to game mode automatically is, is, is pretty nice. I do like that. Yeah. Or just switches to whatever you're bar, watching. Yeah. Yeah. The soundbar that I got with it too is fantastic. It's it's so much nicer than the other soundbar that I had up. I actually had a, a full surround sound system. I moved um, about a year and a half ago and ended up having a smaller room for where my TV and games are and all that. So I had like a full, you know, 5.1 surround sound system set up. And then I ended up downgrading to a soundbar because of the room that it's in. Mm-hmm. But now this new soundbar sounds better than my old surround sound setup. And I'm actually able to upgrade and get a couple back channels. You know, I'm looking to get another house here shortly. So it's easily expandable, you know, to get that full surround sound. So it's just like definitely spoiled with today's technology. I know. It's amazing. The easy uh, use and everything. Yeah, I used to always have the 5.1 surround with the all the like the giant speakers. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, and, and the subwoofer and all this stuff. And uh, I was constantly uh, being, uh, I guess, made fun of by my wife for having cords around everywhere, you know, <laughs> like wires sure. running around the house. I would, I'd do my best to hide them, but they were always kind of there, you know. How 2015 of you. I know, right? And so, um, <laughs> so I always had that. And then eventually... Um, we, when we got the, we got new, t- I'm kind of in the same boat as you. We got the new TV. Um, we were kind of, I was kind of just kind of cleaning up and, uh, I was kind of in the Sonos ecosystem anyway. So I got a Sonos sound bar. Um, nice. and in the wire, they got wireless rear speakers, you know, that sort of thing. So, so there's yeah, no more cool. wires, vis- at least visible in my house. I mean, they're all hidden behind the couch now, if, if, if at all. Power, you still got to have nice. power cables, but, uh, yeah, other than that, it's of course. Fairly wireless, so that's that's pretty good. But I, I agree the the quality of the sound coming out of the Sonos soundbar and rear speakers is almost on level <clears throat> with my original five point one surround sound system with giant speakers and wires everywhere. <laughs> yeah. What was the deal for the upgrade? Was it just due to the technology upgrade, or what? <clears throat> what forced you to do that? What forced me to upgrade? Yeah. Uh, to the soundbar? Yeah. Nothing really forced me. I just, uh, well, just we moved. We moved, um, changed houses. And it was really kind of like a, I really just didn't want to set all that up again, to be honest. You know, I was like. <laughs> so, okay. I, laziness is an answer. That's fine. That's, yeah, basically laziness. I was looking at, um, you know, I was looking at all the, I was looking at these five or six speakers and all these wires and like the, I had this huge, it was like a Denon um, receiver, which was really nice. Um, and because you, you know, you'd back, you know, you could do everything with these things. You could hook up a vinyl record player to it and just blow this, you know, in your room. But I don't do that stuff, right? Really, I was just wanting sure. to watch TV and play video games. Uh, if yeah. I want to listen to music, I have other speakers that I can listen to music on or headphones or whatever, you know. But if I want to, even, even if I want to get hi fi with it or something, you know, I can fairly close to hi-fi but i stream music anyway so that's no there's no way i'm going to get hi-fi music out of streaming i'm not a title person everybody sorry 
so yeah, it was really just a combination of laziness and realizing that I didn't really need that giant setup. So how did you sell it or it, you just hold I on sold. to it? No, I, I sold pretty much all in bits and pieces. I think I've still got a couple of the speakers because the, the two okay. large, I kept the two big speakers because they were custom built by me and, and my dad and my dad's neighbor back in the day. So oh, I, really? I want to keep, I want to keep those. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. They were pretty cool speakers. Um, they they were like that. We put like a twelve inch, like it had the the tweeters were they were huge. Uh, it was just they were really nice speakers. Um, nice. Like I could basically rock the entire neighborhood with these speakers, but um, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't it wasn't quite twelve inch tweeters. But the tweeters they look like um, I would say they were every bit of four or five inches, and they were huge. It looked yeah. like a bullet coming out of the speaker. It was really cool. So That's I kept awesome. the I kept the speakers. I sold pretty much everything else. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. So you what? Uh, for the, what's I up? Gonna, I was going to say, what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite game on the PS5 so far? Well, to be honest with you, the only one I've really played is the that Call of Duty Cold War. Um, I'm replaying the campaign. I played the most of the campaign on the PS4, but when I got the new setup, out of laziness, I didn't actually move the PS4 in a way that I was able to just stream the games and my saves over. So I had to restart it. <laughs> so oh. I'm just replaying it. But I will say, replaying it from the PS4 to the PS5 with the new 120 hertz 4K in comparison to you know 1080 60 is a night and day difference. Like I am thoroughly enjoying the experience of replaying it again under the new setup because it just looks so much better. So that that's the only one that I've played so far, but. I was thinking about getting that new Spider-Man game. That might be one of the next ones to get with it because I heard that that just looks absolutely fantastic. So, hey, did you play the first Spider-Man game? Uh, I did not. I have okay. it. Okay, it's on a, a long list of games that I need to get to, uh, but I have not played it yet. That one was probably uh, is definitely my top five, maybe even closer to like one or two of my favorite games that were on the PS4. I love that. It. It, it's really good. Oh really? I heard it was the best Spider-Man game ever. It's de- yeah, it's definitely my favorite Spider-Man game. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty good from everything that's being told. What's the uh, Cyberpunk? I want to I want to play that game, but I heard it's still broken even on the PS4 or the PS5 rather. Oh really? Like it's still it, yeah, even on high-end gaming PCs, PS5, like it doesn't matter. It's still like too much for everything like all setup <laughs> out there you know yeah so uh, that's well, kind of disheartening because it looks you, so good do you want me to go down the cyberpunk rabbit hole because i can't because i do have the game and i played it on yes. uh see i played it on xbox one x all right okay um so i don't know that i've actually went down i don't know i've talked about it on the show uh i know i talked about it to nick stevens quite a bit just in casual conversation but yeah please uh, enlighten me because that's something that i i do want to play or at least get enlightened on whether i should or should not waste my time with that because it just looks so good it just looks so good so okay so is it buggy yeah it's pretty buggy it's pretty bad buggy but it's not it's not game breaking it feels like uh like I remember when you first played like fallout 4 like if you i don't know if you played it when it first came out but or I did some, not. I got the game of the year. There's something like yep. something similar to like a, a Bethesda game when it kind of went early, early Bethesda <laughs> when it first comes out. 
Like it may sure. crash on occasion. It may stutter here and there. Um, but it's not breaking the game. Like I have not experienced a, an instance where it's just totally erased my game or just froze and not resumed or anything like that. Um, okay. So n- at least on the Xbox One X, it's not that um, but I guess more disappointing than the bugs for me is like the quality of life stuff in the game. The, like the menus system kind of, kind of stinks. I don't really like it. The, the world itself does not feel very alive. It's very, it's really, it's really, really it's a really cool and interesting world. And there's a lot of, there's a lot going on in it. And there's plenty of NPCs roaming around, but something about it just kind of feels dead and robotic. And it could be because really? it could be because you know, close to the same time that I played Cyberpunk, I played Red Dead Redemption Two, which is the exact okay. opposite. It is totally alive. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, the Wild West. So there's not that many characters, but at the same time, it still feels like it's real. You know what I mean? Sure. And I don't know if you played that game, but yep, I have a. Yeah, you, then, then you could probably, you know, know what I'm talking about. So, uh, Cyberpunk just doesn't doesn't feel like that. Like the and the it's it's weird because sometimes the, I guess the game runs out of I don't know if it runs out of memory or what, but like some the characters the NPCs will be there one minute and then they'll be gone, or like you'll be driving down the road and you'll see traffic. You see traffic off in the distance, but as you approach the traffic, it's not there anymore. It's weird stuff like that. <laughs> what? Yeah, like so that would be the opposite of what you'd think. You'd think it would do like a pop in as opposed to yeah, no, it just just, ne- it just never shows up. And so I really I don't know, don't know how to explain that one. Um, another yeah. thing is like it's, when you first start playing the game, it feels like you can create all these unique characters, and there's all these perks, kind of like a it's kind of like a Fallout game or some or like a Skyrim or something where these perks you can unlock, and so it feels sure. like you can create these really wildly different characters. And, but as you get further and further in the game, it's the, the characters, um, like they don't really feel as unique as you would think. Like I started off, I made, I made three different characters and I was playing through the game as three different characters. But as I get, as I got further in it, I was like, eh, I'm just going to continue playing as this one. Cause it really doesn't feel that drastically different to me. And the perks aren't really, the perks aren't really all that cool. They're kind of just what at first seemed like a really cool perk system ended up being more like a um just like a you know higher critical percentage on your shots and stuff like that it's like it's typical rpg okay. type stuff which is fine yeah. I, no, it's not i'm not really complaining it's just it felt like more than that when i first started playing it uh and okay. didn't didn't end up that way um the more the higher up level you get the less those kind of things matter right and the game kind of gets easier as it goes along I don't know the, like the difficulty curve doesn't match well with the, the way your character upgrades, which maybe is, maybe okay. is somewhat by design. Cause you're, you're making yourself way better as the game goes on, I guess. Yeah. But, but it, it, the game just kind of becomes easier and easier because you get so much better. Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess the biggest thing that bothers me is, is, is not really the bugs. It's kind of more of that. And and the the lack of uniqueness in it, as far as making your character and, and the perks and stuff. Um, okay. Like it, I'm thinking, like I, if I want to compare this game to maybe like Deus Ex, uh, where 
your okay. upgrade your uh, yeah, that game th- that game didn't have doesn't really have the greatest story to pull you in but the body modifications and stuff in that game are really cool and they really change the way you play the game right this okay. cyberpunk yeah. really didn't feel like if it's doing that to me there are some cool body mods you can do like you can make it get a double jump and some stuff like that but yeah but it just i don't know i was kind of disappointed in all that um however let me caveat caveat all that negativity with the story is really was really awesome. I really enjoyed the story. The music is great. Uh, it looks really good. I think the graphics are really cool. The environment itself, even though it doesn't really feel very alive, like it looks and feels very cyberpunky and very cool. Um, nice. Yeah, the aesthetic. Yeah, the the aesthetic is really is really cool. Um, the the gameplay is fun. Um, I like the gameplay. The um, it, it, like I said, it didn't really matter which character you pick, but uh, you can kind of swing towards guns or towards melee or towards hacking type stuff, or you can kind of do a blend of all of them. And uh, but th- all that combat stuff, it, I, f- I found it to be quite a bit of fun. Uh, especially the the swords yeah. are really cool. Like the the speed at which you attack with the swords and stuff. Um, you can do stealth, but you don't have to do stealth. I, I most spend most of my time not doing stealth, which is opposite okay. opposite of how I typically play games. I like to do stealth. Yeah, me too. But in this game, it just in this game, I just really like the the gunplay and stuff. So maybe I would I would sneak up a little bit and then I'd shoot, but then I just go ahead and run on in, you know, and because it was so it was pretty fun. I love but, I love games with that you know that have like a bow and arrow or suppressed weapons or you know any of that kind of stuff where you're able to do that sneaking around. Yeah, so you can do that in like, this game too. I mean, th- there is yeah. a lot of variety in it, but ultimately it just I don't know. It just there was too much hype for the game ultimately for me. Yeah, it almost it almost sounds like. Uh, did you ever play Watch Dogs or Watch Dogs Two? Yeah, I did. Or the new whatever the newest one's called. Yeah, like one thing that I found with those games were, you know, I would I normally play games on normal difficulty because, like you said, I'm not like the greatest, and I don't really have enough time to like sink into master truly master a game. So I normally play on normal, but like on Watch Dogs, the upgrades that you get are so powerful and so amazing, and the weapon upgrades and everything that you know I end up halfway through the game typically upping the difficulty to realistic, and still makes it almost too easy. At least you know my play style of stealth and you know, running around with a suppressed pistol and all that. But how is it like the hacking in that game compared to Watch Dogs? Like, is it, is it similar it's, at all? It's similar, but it's it's weaker than Watch Dogs, I would say. Especially Watch Dogs okay. 2. Uh, Watch Dogs 1, I, don't, I didn't play Watch Dogs 1 very much because I didn't, I didn't really get into it for some reason. Watch Dogs 2, okay. I, thought, I thought was pretty fun. Um, yeah. But so it's, it's not quite on the level of, of Watch Dogs as far as hacking. Really, all you're doing in Cyberpunk is you can hack like cameras and stuff, obviously. But a lot of the hacking is actually, I found it to be like attacks. So you can hack into the person and like burn up their brain and stuff. You know what I mean? So it's, oh, it's more cool. it's more yeah. like magic attacks if you think about it as like an RPG. Okay. At least that was my experience with it. I didn't do too much hacking. Um, that was kind of my least favorite means of of. of progressing through the game but that 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 was kind of my experience i would say that it's probably not on the level of watchdogs probably not even on the level of deus ex i think deus ex had some pretty cool hacking things if i remember like especially the newer ones oh yeah even i mean even the old ones like the old the original deus ex 
the original on the PC, like with the lock picking and the computer hacking and, you know, all the different upgrades and stuff that like blew my mind back in the day. Yeah. It, was, it just went so deep and it was, there were so many ways you could attack any single level, you know, as far as going guns blazing or do physical attacks or, you know, yeah, it was just super cool. So are yeah, there any so, games that you're uh, looking forward to coming up? Uh, let's see. I think, yeah, probably. I haven't really sat down to think about it. Been so, been so you busy heard of the lately, uh, but... the new Mass Effect Legendary Edition? Yes, uh, I do love Mass Effect, um, but I feel like I've probably played it enough already. I've played okay. it, yeah, I, I played it through about probably three or four times back when it was originally out. So, all three of them? Yeah, yeah. Wow, I made that's I will, impressive. Yeah, yeah. I spent way too much time on that game. Um, yeah, I played the. F- played and beat the first two but i never got the last one because of all the negativity behind it and by the time i got around to wanting to get it i forgot pretty much everything from the first two so it was like i'm kind of looking forward to this one coming out so that i can really just play them back to back to back yeah i don't okay so i'll tell you right now i think so the second one's my favorite Uh, and so when i was playing when i was playing through them i i played through the first one once okay and then i played through the second and third one about three or four times because in the okay. second one, I played them on PS3, and in the second one on PS3, you could do like the little, um, what's that? I forget what, it was like a little comic book where you could make your choices from the first game. Because okay. if you were, if you remember, the first game didn't come out on PS3, so they had to f- figure out a way to make it so that you could make the choices from the first game on PS3. Okay. Yeah, I played it on Xbox. Yeah, yeah, so there was like a little, there was like a little comic book that you could do do to make your choices from the first one. So basically, since I, the first one is was kind of rough playthrough. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't play through it again. I just kept using the comic, but I did play through it once. Um, but yeah, I played through. I played through them because uh, you know I want to make different choices and stuff because that was kind of the the shtick of Mass Effect, right? Making all these different choices. Sure. Uh, so, but the second one was my favorite, uh, and I still think I still think that's probably one of my favorite games of all time. That that one right there is wow, top notch. Mass Effect Two is the, it's hard to beat Mass Effect, 2. but I will say Mass Effect Three was better than Mass Effect 2 in many ways, especially in, in gameplay and stuff. I really did like Mass Effect 3. I don't know what all the negativity was other than the ending, which was, huh. you know, the ending to the game was disappointing in a way, but um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the ending is, but yeah, I'll, well, <laughs> like I said, I never... it's, it's old, but I won't spoil it for anybody, but yeah. Um, but, the, you know, okay. So I will say the third game gameplay wise was, probably the best as far as the shooting mechanics and stuff like that. But the two had the better story and the better choices. Cause I like the way two. you know, two you could depending on the choices you make it altered your final mission and whether or not your character survived and stuff. I just thought that was so cool. But then in the third one, you're kind of, they had to wrap it up somehow. Right. Cause it was a trilogy. And so I think they just kind of maybe of they kind of fumbled the ball at the goal line a, a little bit um, from a story they- standpoint. Wasn't there like some sort of upgrade or patch or something where they actually changed it at some point? They they kind of added stuff Is this to totally it. Totally in my head, or was there no. there was something that was added? No, they tried there was, to fix it or something. It's it's not in your head. There was there was so much uproar about it that they did try to fix it, but in my opinion, they kind of just made it worse. Um, <laughs> really? So I will say, so anybody any Mass Effect nerds out there, uh, I won't spoil the the end of the third one, but for all you Mass Effect nerds out there, I was. All on board for the indoctrination theory, just so you know, because that made that ending make sense. It made it awesome for me. 
Um, but anyways, so I, I don't I, know what that means, but I look forward to. Uh, I'm gonna have to write that down and then come yeah. back to it after I so, get through this game. Yeah, beat beat the game, get to the ending, and then look up the indoctrination theory and let me know if you're on board too, because that, that they've they've disproved it. They've said that's not the real, that's not the truth, but I still think it is. I'm on. It just I'm, it's a it's a cooler thing to. It's end a cooler. It after the yeah, it's a it's a cooler okay. way to end it. I mean, you, it doesn't add anything to it necessarily. It just explains the ending in a way that makes really cool sense. But yeah. I think part of awesome. part of what really bothered me with Mass Effect, just the whole trilogy and the story, is the way they changed the way the Reapers, um, what they're, you know, they're it's hard it's hard for me to remember because I played it so long ago, but. They kind of changed from the between the first game to the last game. They changed the motivation of the Reapers, and that that kind of didn't sit with me too well. That was probably my least favorite part of the way the story went because it, it seemed to okay. me that in the first game, the Reapers were like they would come back and they would kind of like eat the world, you know what I mean, to survive and can then continue yeah. on. And then they would basically it's almost like they were growing a, growing a garden and they would come back and feast on it and then wait, wait, and then come back and feast again. You know what I mean? Sure. But then some, something about, I don't know, it got the third one kind of changed their motivation to something weird. Like they needed to cleanse the galaxy. I don't even, I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm speaking out of my, it's yeah. been so long since I played it. I'm kind of speaking out of my behind right now, but I do remember them kind of changing the motivation behind the, the main bad guy. And that didn't sit well, but Indoctrination theory, Stephen. Look it up after you. Indoctrination do. theory. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to write it down for sure. Yeah. Very cool. But no, as far as other games I'm looking forward to, I just I just picked up Super Mario 3D World Bowser's Fury for the Switch because nice. that was that was my favorite game on the Wii U. It was Mario 3D World, and um, it holds okay. up. It's it's a little bit better on the Switch. They've sped the gameplay up a little bit, so it's pretty it's pretty cool. Oh, nice! That uh, I totally missed that game, and I haven't picked it up yet on the Switch. Yeah, Even did though you... I had all this time off, I'm I'm so far behind on <laughs> on games. It's kind of you know crazy. Yeah, but did I what? I was saying, did you have a Wii U? Uh, I do have a Wii U, but I got it like at the literal end. Like yeah. Switch came out like a couple months later, and you know, so I've only played a few games on it at this point. Well, th- um, Mario Three and, and World practically is, is... all of them have been on the Switch now, so. Yeah, most of them I rebuy on the Switch because it's so convenient and easy. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that Switch Pro. That thing is going to be awesome. Yeah, uh, if if it even exists, right? Do we know if it even exists yet? Yeah, I thought there was all these news stories that uh, it's like more than a rumor now that it's going to have like okay. the. I, I believe it's going to be a 1080 screen. As opposed to the 720, it's supposed to be a little bit bigger. It's supposed to be able to do 4K video output. I hear they're switching um, to OLED, right? Yeah, yeah, OLED screen. Yep. So it'll be, you know, at this point, I mostly play it in handheld mode. Although, you know, I really do truly enjoy it up on the screen. You know, mm-hmm. especially some of the real bright, beautiful games, which I mean, a lot of these are, but like... You know, the Pokemon, that new Pokemon game, even though it was kind of way too easy and obviously geared for little kids, uh, that was still, you know, a real good looking game. The Mario games, Breath of the Wild, you know, they all look real nice up on the TV. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I play pretty I much you, all I think you kind of lose. Yeah, I think you kind of lose some of it on the handheld. You know, it doesn't look as good, I don't think, half the time. That's Even true. though I think they had to do like, you know, the the checkered 
1080, I believe. Like, it's not even, like, real output to it. Oh, yeah. That's pretty bad if, you have, to, like, if you have to check like, the 1080, right? Yeah. maybe Or maybe it's even, like, 1080-30 or something, like, locked 1080-30. Like, they're not... Whatever it is, yeah. So, at any rate, I've enjoyed the Switch so much. The The Pro, I'm definitely going to be getting. Like, there's no doubt about it. Especially now with the 4K TV set up. You know, we're just seeing how much better that's going to... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping it's more than a rumor. I thought it was supposed to be like pretty much this holiday season. Okay. Well, I got my eyes, my eyes and ears peeled. Then I'll be on the lookout for it because definitely wouldn't mind. Um, it would be cool to have a OLED version of the Switch with like a slightly upgraded resolution, maybe some better Joy Cons. I don't know if you've experienced the drift, but most no, people. No, I did not have. get. Yeah, I got mine about a year or close to a year after it had already been out. So, like, I got, you know, the the first batch that didn't have that issue really going forward. So, thankfully, I avoided it. Yeah. I just wasn't able to find one, and then I was in no rush, but... Yeah. What's up? I was going to say, so I think, if if I'm looking for a game that I'm looking forward to, which is pretty rare that I look forward to games, because I'm mostly a Game Pass guy now and Switch. So oh, really? I just okay. kind of play whatever comes to game, which has been worked out for me so far. Because, uh, nice. I, I, you know, if you pay, I'm paying for Game Pass, might as well use it rather sure. than because uh, there's tons, plenty of the games to play on there. So unless I'm unless I'm just really looking forward to something. But I think I guess yeah. if I'm, if I'm going to pick something, uh, I may be looking forward to the new Resident Evil game because I really okay. liked oh, yeah. uh, the, the Resident Evil 7, the one where they switched to first person. I think it was 7. The one that the uh, somewhat recent, the newest one. Yeah, yeah that, I thought that uh, game was awesome. Man, I played that in VR Ooh, on a PS4. Oh, it was it was ridiculously scary. Like that was probably it. It, it was kind of funny because, well, depending on what your definition of funny is, but it was terrifying in that first person mode. The ambiance, the whole thing was just so terrifying. But then the actual controls would make you a little sick <laughs> just based on like how it was. So you'd almost have like a nauseous feeling while playing, which then like fed into the atmosphere even more. So it was yeah. just almost like, how much do you want to torture yourself in this game? Wow. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was super fun in, uh, in a VR setup. Yeah, I bet. I, you know, even without the VR, just playing it regular in first person, I kind of, you know, it was a little scary for me. Uh, oh yeah. Of course, I, you know, I'm a little bit of a pansy, I guess, when it comes to that stuff, but. But I, do, I oh, like I it. You. I like it to be kind of scary. So I usually, if I'm going to play it, I'm going to play it at night, like eleven o'clock at night, and turn the lights out and stuff. Yeah. You know, so. Sure. Yeah. And how did you now? Did you play it on your OLED, like with the uh, deep no, blacks and all that? Have, where okay. I didn't have that then because that game came out what two years ago, I think. Yeah, roughly something like that. Yeah. So I probably had the, I probably had the probably had the plasma. Back then. Okay. The Which I mean, well, you're already getting a, a gorgeous color out of that thing, anyways. Then. Yeah. But the, yeah, the deep, I, I have played, I did play Resident Evil 2, the remake, uh, on my OLED, and that one, the, oh, the deep black like stuff, yeah, that, that, I like that game, have you, did you play that game? I did not play the remake, I played okay. the original back in the day. Yeah, the remake yeah. is fun, the only, the only problem is that the thing, there's, there's a, ty- not the tyrant, but the, maybe it is tyrant, um, anyways, the big bad guy, they, there's a guy in that game that chases you around, and he just never stops chasing mm-hmm. you. And it gets really annoying. Uh, yeah, but the game itself it's supposed is, to add is that level good. of uh, that tension. 
but it's also like yeah annoying that yeah it's thing it's kind of like it's kind of like the dad in the resident evil 7 game the one we were just talking about yeah how he kind of chases yeah. you around the house except for you know eventually you get past him and it's over yeah but in this game he is to the end of the game basically he just i mean yeah. there are some breaks where he's not chasing you but essentially he chases you throughout the entire game and it gets really annoying like stops you from exploring when i play a lot of these games i i play them so slow and i look at everything i explore mm-hmm. every corner every nook and cranny of every map like you know if i look up the you know how long to beat website and i like look up a game if it's just like a standard playthrough of like 15 hours guarantee you i'm like at least 20 yeah like it's <laughs> it takes me so much longer for unless it's like a 2d side scroller or something but even still i'm like trying to explore you know, in those kind of style games. Yeah, that's usually how I am too. But I'm, I've been really trying hard to break myself of that habit lately um, with games because I'm, I'm like you. I'm a explore everything. If I'm offered any sort of a side quest, I'm taking it and I'm going off on it. Yeah, you have to do it. Um, yeah, you have to do it. So yeah, I, but I'm really trying to break myself of that habit because I really, I'm never going to play through these games uh, if I keep doing that. So. Um, lately, uh, I'm trying to think of a game where I've accomplished it, but not, not really. I don't have any, I guess cyberpunk, I did a pretty good job because some of the, there's another thing about cyberpunk. Some of their side missions aren't really that fun, but some of them are. So, yeah. um, I kind of stuck a lot to the main story on that one, but yeah, I, I, I do a lot of, uh, well, when I was younger, especially I would like a hundred percent games. I was a com- total completionist and like as an adult, I've reduced that down from like, okay, I'm not going around and collecting all hundred packages or all hundred this or, you know, whatever, but I do all of the side quests and I do all the kind of menial stuff. And if there is packages and things to collect or do along the way, I get, you know, offset for a half hour or an hour doing that before actually getting to the side quest before getting to the main quest. So it's like, I kind of, like you're saying, I probably should do a better job at like consciously stop doing all of the extra trivial stuff that you know the fetch quests and all the dumb things that don't really apply to the game so i can move on to the next one because my backlog just grows it's just going to grow forever like you know there's there's so many games that i have now wrapped in cellophane that i haven't even opened you know that's two generations behind you know yeah it's uh and it's, it's kind of sad, but it, it, it's like the half the time. Okay, so maybe Cyberpunk's not a good example, but Red Dead Redemption—that's a good example. Okay, half the time I go on these side quests, and I'm like, "Oh, well, that was kind of cool." But would it is it as cool as if I would have just continued on the main story where the because the side quests in Red Dead Redemption are kind of um, let's see what's the right word ephemeral. I mean, they kind of like they're there and then they're gone, and they're yeah. but they're not really. They're not the showpieces like not, the yeah. main story missions right. are. And they're kind of like computer, they're almost like computer generated, just random acts that could happen to you. Whereas sure. the showpiece stuff is like, has been designed for you to play it and is really cool. So yeah, go off on these side quests and they're kind of fun, but really that same amount of time I could have been spent on something that was probably even more fun for me. Yep. So no, you're, you're completely right on that. And uh, and like you said, if you're just going to, if I'm running around collecting, um, I don't know, stopwatches or whatever, <laughs> you know, th- whatever's in the game. Uh, sorry, that was a Super Mario 3D World thing. Um, or like, uh, what is the thing in Breath of the Wild that you can get? There's maybe 800 of them, the like cocoa seeds oh, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I never, ever will do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I, zero chance. 
if I but spend I my time, have. yeah, but if you spend your time doing that, I mean, the, there's only a limited amount of time in life, right? Yeah, exactly. First of all, 90% of my time is spent not even playing video games. So <laughs> yeah. that, that 10% so of my why time. spend that? Sure. And 10% yeah. is probably uh, an over-exaggeration. Yeah, it definitely is. It's probably more like 4% of my time is actually spent playing video <laughs> games, if, if that. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, I think this conversation might actually be shifting my focus now of just like letting some of this stuff go. Just like it's fine. You don't have to clear the clear the map of all of the, you know, quest beacons and all that kind of stuff, especially when they're so repetitive. You know, because there's some games that are really, really bad at, you know, repetitive yeah. quests where it's just the same thing over and over. Assassin's Creed. But oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Really and I terrible. love Assassin's Creed. But yeah, I cannot help but like immediately get to an area, get all of the towers to unlock all you know, the map and unlock all of the side quests, then go around and knock all the side quests that are visible first, then get back to the main story missions. And then right. as that opens up more stuff, then get the next tower and rinse and repeat. And it very is much just a time sink waste of time. It is. I, it's almost like an addiction where it's hard not to do. <laughs> like uh, it's there on the map and I just have to go 20 seconds out of the way to go get it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I know exactly what you mean. So here's what I've been doing. I'm trying to, cause I'm with you. I have that addiction too. Um, so what I've been trying to do to break that habit is I will look up and by for the majority of games, uh, once you beat them, you can go back and do the side quest, right? So I will go, sure, I'll just go ahead sure. and look up. I'll look up. Once I beat this game, can I go back and do the side quests? Are the side quests okay. gone forever, or can I don't want to spoil the game for myself, but I just want to know that if I beat it, can I go back and do the side quests? If the answer yeah. is yes, you can beat it and then go back into the side quests. I'm just going to try to plow through the and maybe do okay. some side, maybe do some side things that are more hefty, more pertinent to the story. Like, like in Cyberpunk's a good example. There's characters you can do quests for. Um. It's kind of like in Mass Effect, how you, some of the side quests in Mass Effect are, are for specific characters to better their story and stuff. So there's that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll do that. But if it's like, go find all 150 briefcases in the world, I'm not doing that yet. I want to beat the game first. Then, after sure. I beat the game, I'll go back and do that other stuff. So what actually happens, though, Steven, is I will play through the game. This has happened a couple times to me. I'll play through the game. I'll do all this quest. I'll have a great time. Uh, I'll beat it and I'll be like, eh, I'm done. I don't need to play. I don't need to do all those side quests. Yeah. I will say that there has been a few times where I'll have like a couple side quests left. And that's the exact response that I have as well. As soon as that main story mission's over, I might go do one, like, especially like in an Assassin's Creed, right? Where there's just something I missed. I go do that, and then it's like, why am I even doing this? Like, it's it's a complete waste of time now. I've already beat the game. There's literally no reason to do this. And it's like, kills the game for me right then and there. Done. And it's only happened a couple times, but the the response was so dramatic that it's like, I think I need to do that, though. That, that I think that's got to be like the psychological hack for me to get over is just, like you said, look it up. Am I able to do them after? Okay. Well, then I'll just do them after. And then I know I'm not going to do them after, but I'll save the time, move on to the second game. Yeah. You know, I will end up being being able to get through two games for the time I would normally sink into one. Yeah. And that feeling you're talking about, at least that feeling you're talking about where you, it's like a, such a drastic drop off for you. And uh, to yeah. want to go back, that tells me. 
because I have that same feeling. That tells me that those side quests were not worth my time in the first place. Yeah, yeah, makes total sense. Now, there's some, some sometimes you need to do these things to make your character better or whatever, but just do enough oh, sure. of them, just do enough of them to make your character what he needs to be, and then move on. Yeah, well, but there there's some games where it, you know, I like off the top of my head, I would say like a uh, like a Grand Theft Auto, where some of the side quests are practically useless. What do you get? Like a little bit of money, or you get like whatever, but they're not like game changing and it's like you know go chase this person down go you know blow this thing up whatever it is going to end up being but it's not like a major plot point where it's practically useless especially when you're sitting on millions of dollars mm-hmm. you don't need any of the rewards anyways you know it's going to take you 5 10 15 minutes to do this side thing you know i recently replayed uh grand theft auto 3 on my cell phone and i ended up getting a new uh samsung galaxy s20 plus and I just, I really wanted to play it for some reason. Uh, I had it before, I think I got it on sale for like 99 cents or something. So it was like already in my purchased section. Mm-hmm. So downloaded it, customized the controls. It was absolutely fantastic. Like I was able to do the entire game except for the very last mission. Uh, the controls completely prevented. The, the difficulty of, the, of that last mission is so great in comparison to the rest of the game. That I just wasn't able to beat it. Like I tried probably, no joke, 50 times. Um, But every other mission of the game, like it was fantastic. But there's so many, you know, there's 100 packages to collect. And there's, you know, but in that game, that was almost one where like the side quests were pretty good. Because it was like, you know, a, a phone booth would be ringing and you'd go do like three or four missions. And they were all unique. They were, you know, maybe half of in depth as the main missions. But they were all pretty unique and it feels like anymore most of the side missions and games are just filler you know how much stuff can we jam into it to say that our game is takes this long to beat right right yeah i I got no problem with side quests that are entertaining and worth my time you know uh it's just the it's just those uh, other those wasteful ones that try i have to i have to figure out a way to push past them and i think i found a way but uh we'll see We'll see how it works. Yeah, it's only worked for me a couple times. That one, I'm trying to think. One of the games, it was on like the uh, the Xbox 360 and the PS3. It was uh, you could either be a good guy or a bad guy, and it was like drastically different. It was like blue or red, depending on your choices. One would be like you know rescue the guy from the cage before he goes into the thing, and the other things like you know talk crap to him and then you know, cut his cage and then he goes into the lava or something ridiculous. Like it was like, you could, you would be like super good or you'd be super bad. There was no like gray between, you know, which game I'm talking about. Uh, you had like special powers. Oh, it's infamous. And depending right? on, yes, infamous, infamous. Yeah. There was a lot of side missions in those games. You know, I only played the first two. I'm not even sure if there's more, but so many side missions that were practically useless, mm-hmm. <laughs> like those fetch quest type things. Yeah, I, I, that was a good game. I, yeah, I, I remember that game. I think it was on yeah. PS3, Infamous. There's Infamous 1, 2, and then Second Son was on PS4, which was, that one was pretty fun. Yeah, I did not play Second Son. Yeah, that was what, probably... The other one that was like it. Did you play Prototype? I think I that's did. what it was called. I played a little bit of Prototype, but I really couldn't get into that one. Okay. I liked. I might have liked Prototype a little bit more, just from like the building scaling and like the... Uh, you know, the tanks and stuff you would fight. It seemed like a little bit more gritty. That was kind uh, of a, that was kind of a genre there for a little while. Wasn't it like 
character with crazy superpowers in an open world city, right? Yeah. And it was a great genre. Like, yeah, that they definitely could uh, go back to that. No problem. That, uh, man, one game that did not hold up even years ago, it was a uh, 360 exclusive. Uh, you were like a crime fighter. You would go around and uh, have like all these special powers. Crackdown. Is that one? Yes. Crackdown. Yeah. yeah. So I like me and my cousin absolutely loved that game. Like we beat it like a hundred percent twice and then like five years later i tried going back to it you know five six years later and it was horrible (laughs) like i couldn't even play it like all the controls everything was so outdated that it was just practically unplayable it was kind of funny just uh how much i loved that game originally to how much better games had gotten in that short period of time to where it was just yeah i couldn't do it and i never played the second one I haven't played the second one. The third one's out. I, I did play it for a little bit, but it felt it felt okay. old. Uh, kind of like like you're talking about. It kind of felt outdated, even though it's mostly brand new. Crackdown just three. Stale. Yeah, it yeah. just felt it just felt like an old game for whatever reason. Well, um, didn't that third one have like a ridiculously long development cycle? Yeah, I think it did. And then it came. Like to it, game, it was like for- it ended up coming to Game Pass. Um, so. You know, it was came. No, you didn't have to buy it, so it was worth just trying. And it, I don't know, it just did not. Something about it just, it just felt old. Yeah, it's like it was. It was like it had been stuck in time, and <laughs> and they just decided to release it. Like yeah. they had, it almost felt like they had made it five years ago and just never released it, and then all of a sudden released it. Which is so. like the worst move they could possibly do for what you said. Yeah, that old stale gameplay. Well, anyways, I think, uh, I don't know. This has been a pretty good catch-up episode. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. It's uh, unfortunate the other guys couldn't get on, but uh, we can reschedule this thing for like a 15th or 16th time, and we'll uh, we'll get squared away on Pirates. Sounds good to me. Or we'll just release this as the Pirates episode on April 1st and just pretend <laughs> like it's an April Fool's joke or something. Yeah, that could work as well, for sure. Because that's coming yeah, up. I think we'll we just... got some... Yeah, I think we got some good nuggets in this episode for sure. I think honestly for me personally, the whole conversation about the side quest and all that is probably this this might be a life-changing conversation for me. It's a like, yeah, serious therapy. Yeah. It's a therapy. Stop wasting so much time doing dumb crap that doesn't mean anything. That applies so, to life yeah. too, you know. I, I just <laughs> so there, there sure. I will say there are side quests in life, okay? Uh just like in video games and you can waste your time. Uh like perfect example, uh, I think it was, it was a few days ago. Maybe it was last weekend. Um, I get up, I make breakfast, um, and we're sitting there. And I could, we had, I had like a few hours before we really needed to do anything. Um, my son was playing; he was he was just enjoying himself. Uh, I so I could I could have watched a, a, you know I could have watched a movie while he was sitting there that I'd been wanting to see, or I could have played a video game. I could have, I don't know, exercised or something while he, while he was sure. playing because he was totally entertained. And my wife yeah. was, my wife was like out doing something with her mom or something like that. So she was gone. It was just me and him. He was entertained. I could have done anything in the world or I could have even played with him. Right. And that could have yeah. been a life fulfilling moment. But instead <laughs> I went down this side quest of just looking at my phone for like 30 minutes. And after I was Gosh. done, I, after I was done, I was like, that was a complete waste of my time. I didn't yeah, do anything. You don't feel good. 
Yeah. I, I don't, I didn't feel good about it. You know, I could have, I could have bettered, I could have bettered so many things in my life. I could have bettered my relationships or my, my health or any number of things, but, sure. and progressed my quest of my life quest towards, towards my ultimate goal of, well, I don't know, I guess death eventually, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, for sure. One thing that I do to try to break, I don't know if you ever do this, but when you like, you know, Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you'll close out of it and then you'll immediately reopen it. Have you ever done that? Where it's just like, you're like, you're like done with it. So you close out and then you're back at your home screen and then you instantly like open the folder, go back into it. One more thing. Yeah. I, and so the thing that like, I catch myself doing that on, on some occasions and I'm like, what? like you said, such a waste of time. So I actually just move my folders around. Like I'll just swap them around. So it's just less convenient. Yeah, and so when I idea. go to actually, I'll like launch another app accidentally. and like, what am I doing? Like really breaks my, the cycle of like, oh, this is, this is not good. Yeah. I, I actually, I got rid of all the social media apps on my phone just because I didn't want to waste some time on that. Smart. But I still have like news apps. So like I still have Reddit for newsy type things and, and like the news app that, that Apple produces. And so I just find myself. Oh yeah. Like Wall Street bets. Of course I'm on there. (laughs) Well, there's like 10 million people in there. Of course I'm in there. Uh, We did it. We had the whole episode about uh, GameStop, right? (laughs) Yeah. And if, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't give out any advice on there, um, but I do own a few shares of GameStop and I'm excited to find out what happens this week. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I can't imagine now with it or not being a real short squeeze. Like, how far is this thing really getting pushed? I don't. I you don't know? really know what's happening with it right now. It's just kind of like it went up last week and then it's kind of floating around there, kind of stuck. Yeah, I think it's sitting around two sixty or something. Absolutely ridiculous right now. So it's like thirty percent shorted, but yeah, yeah. It's I like don't a know. game of chicken of who's getting out first. It does kind know? of feel. It does kind of feel like that. I don't know. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you bought any bought into any of this or not, but. Um, basically what I did was I, I, I bought in for funsies. Uh, okay. Uh, and then I sold sure. enough so that I'm not actually out any money. It's like I broke even by selling a share or something like that. Oh, okay. And so yeah, now yeah. it's just, now it's just fun money. Like I can lose it or I can, or whatever. <laughs> so I don't, I'm just going to hang on to it and just see what happens. You know, if it goes sky high, maybe yeah, I'll sell it, but, casino. but, uh, so what's you know, your sky high though? I don't really have a sky high. I'm what's just, the, what's know. your limit? I have no See, idea. The thing That's, is, like, you I know, is it five hundred? Is it a thousand? Is it you know? At what point do you get out? Because right now it's so high, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Like, originally, you know, when it was shorted like one hundred and fifty percent, like how do you even get a, a stock shorted that much? Like makes absolutely no sense. That then okay, the the massive short squeeze by the masses, but now it's like it's only like thirty percent shorted. So it's like a game of chicken of all these people just buying in and buying in at crazier and crazier places to like, who's getting out first, you know, like it's, it's got to fall eventually. Right. None of this makes any sense. Like from a fundamental aspect, it's like, everybody's just using it as like a casino. Yeah. But I, I hope you make money. I hope you get out right at the peak. Well, I don't have to, the thing is I don't have to worry. I'm not worried about losing money. Cause like I said, I've broke even at this point. Okay. I bought, yeah. I bought in for funsies in the first place. It went up. It went up, and so I sold enough to where I, the original money that I put in is has been given back to me, right? So yeah, now I'm just in for fun. I don't really care what happens. I'm just 
it, it it helps me stay interested in it. Of course, I'd be interested in it anyways, probably, but I'm even more invested now that I could, um, I don't know, make, really make money, money or not make any money, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it doesn't yeah, matter. People, it could it could go down to zero, and I wouldn't. I technically would not be out any money at this point. So, sure. Yeah, I uh, a lot <clears> of people are saying like a thousand bucks is like the price range that I might get pushed to. I really don't, especially see it going with all the stimulus. But... Yeah, I don't see it going that high either. Um, man, it just it's so high right now. I'm like such a conservative investor, and like yeah. I I can't imagine not pulling all my money out come Monday, like if, as long as it doesn't tank right away or whatever. You know, just like take the money, take the two fifty a stock and run. Yeah, you know, I'm, why not? Because I'm, this is generally, insane right yeah. now. Yeah, I'm generally pretty conservative myself. I have so I have yeah. like I have like my real investments that are just like Apple, Microsoft. You know, things that are sure things that are just going to probably slowly go up at a yeah, very small, small percent growth. forever. And then I have my sure. fun. And then I have my fun money where I'm like, oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll throw into this penny stock for marijuana or you know what i mean just, oh yeah just yeah, to yeah. see what happens and if it go, if it if it falls away to nothing then it's no big deal. it's just it's just sure. fun it's just fun money it's just play money yeah i've been uh i got some money into thcx so weed etf and then i got ghvi which is i know tilray and a bunch of those other ones you know people have been talking about a lot but ghvi i got a bunch under 15 so i'm pretty happy with that i wish i would have got more but it was sitting around like 17 you know, closing on Friday. So yeah, that's pretty good. I just, yeah, I just we went do a whole, we could do a whole nother episode on it. Investing I, know. On <laughs> I just, I just went in on uh, I went in on high tide a, a couple weeks ago. Okay. It, it's a penny stock version of, uh, of uh, marijuana. It's at like 60. So what are you, uh, what are you using to get access to those? Uh, fidelity. You can buy on fidelity. Fidelity. Okay. Yeah. I, my cousin has a fidelity account and he swears by it. Um, I yeah, used, I got I, I got a Roth IRA through another bank, and then I opened up a Weeble account just to mess with you know the day trading, screwing around kind of stuff. But yeah, I think Fidelity is going to have to be my next step. Yeah, Fidelity is my kind Get of my my, my fun money thing. It's not my okay. it's not my real investment stuff. So that's where I that's yeah. where that's where I do my fun plan. So like GameStop. Nice. <laughs> I really don't, I don't, I don't make any money. Like I said, it's just other than this GameStop, which may or may not, usually I just kind of end up breaking even or I guess losing money technically sometimes, but I don't, I really, I rarely sell unless it's really about to go tank. I don't know. Unless the, you know, cause as long as they don't go bankrupt, there's always the potential it may go back up. Yeah. I mean, you only ever lose money when you sell, right? Like, you know, (laughs) stocks down, it's going to go up. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, realistically, yeah, so if you're I mean, holding these things long term, that's like the, all these weed stocks under this administration. I gotta imagine that it's gonna get legal, and oh yeah, I'm know, whole, where everything's priced right now, it's like, man, there's gonna be some big jumps when that happens. Like yeah, the day it's announced. Yeah. The, so I, I had I've had several weed stocks for for a while now, probably like a year or two, and mm-hmm. uh, and I, 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 I you know I buy more, but then also. I, I rarely sell them, but it went up there for a while, and then it started it started really tanking. Um, yeah, and uh, thought about selling because I was I was still in profit, and then I kind of back to breaking even a little bit, maybe a little bit, a little bit above. But I can't. I have to imagine at least for weed stocks, they're they're going to eventually go up. Oh yeah, like so. it to me, it's like a no brainer. 
Like I, I can't imagine a world in which it becomes legal federally and these companies that are already existing, already out there that have the largest advantage to expand aren't going to just do that much better. Yeah. You know? The only the only way the so, only the only thing that back that could happen is if they go bankrupt before it becomes legal, which is possible. Sure, but I would say unlikely because it's not like a lot of them are doing bad, right? You yeah. know, like even in states where it's not super super friendly, uh, they're still doing pretty well, <laughs> you know, with super high taxes and all of that. So I don't know. I got I got high hopes for that. So we'll see what happens. Time will tell. Have you gotten any crypto or anything? Yeah, at all. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I do the mostly just Bitcoin, but I got some Ethereum and uh, some Litecoin and a couple other ones. I did not yeah. do the. I did not do the do, Doji coins or whatever. <laughs> no, that I was didn't, a, I didn't mess with the Dogecoin either. That's a that's a little too jokey for me. But uh, yeah, I, the yeah. Bitcoin. I probably made uh, I made a few thousand on Bitcoin actually because I bought in um, several years ago. But I didn't buy. I didn't buy yeah, enough. I, mean, I should have bought way more, but I was too oh, too, sure. too nervous about it back then. You know. Yeah, I mean, how could you even project these things? But I mean, it's it dropped down to what two weeks ago when we had our first little mini market crash. Like it dropped down to like forty two, forty three thousand, and then kind of stabilized back around forty seven, forty eight, and now it's sitting at sixty. Yeah. You know, as of well, as of yesterday, who knows? It was a whole day ago, and those markets never closed. So. Right. That's that's the freaky well, thing about those, right? Yeah, for sure. You got a worldwide market that never ceases. Yeah, right now it's sitting at uh sixty thousand four forty. Yeah, I would say so, I, Ethereum's at eighteen eighty five. Uh you know, obviously I'm not a financial advisor and all that jazz that you're supposed to say because I'm not giving anybody advice. But I mean, Bitcoin's probably here to stay. If of anything and if if any of the cryptos Bitcoin's not going to go anywhere. It's going to it's going to be around. Yeah. If anything, it, it's only going to go up, and because it's limited, especially if we ever yeah. see like an issue where like the 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 U.S. dollar, if anything ever happens to the U.S. dollar, where people don't use it anymore for whatever reason, like other countries and things like that, or yeah. then I mean, so anytime Bitcoin drops, I you know I'm buying a little bit. Buy yeah, buy the dip right. Yeah. Yep. Buy the dip. Because eventually, I mean, like I said, I, I really feel like Bitcoin's going to go up at least for the next several, two or three years until something. Oh, for sure. I mean, really happens. You know, what Kathy, Kathy Woods, who does that ARK Invest, she was saying that she expects it to get up to 400,000, like within the next five years. Yeah. You know, 400,000 per coin. Um, there's been other people with other crazy estimates, like a million per coin in the next 10 years, you know, and there'd really be nothing to stop that from happening i think that you know bitcoin's more like gold but ethereum i actually like more than bitcoin is like oil you know with all the nfts and the smart contracts and now ethereum 2.0 they're getting ready to switch over to that so then instead of doing the you know showing the proof of work it's going to be proof of stake yeah so that'll be more like a cardano coin like the 3.0 stuff yeah, I don't know, it's all exciting. Yeah, I say if you if you're doing if you're if you're thinking about Bitcoin or Ethereum, I'd say you can buy that all day long right now, and yeah, I, I wouldn't worry yeah. too much about it. Just don't just don't like buy and sell it. I just buy it and keep it right. Exactly. These are all long holds for yeah. sure. But These any, are yeah. Any of those other cryptos that I don't know, you, they, I'm not going to mess with most of that other stuff. Those those are the ones where you yeah. can like potentially buy and then sell a week later, and make some money or something. 
Yeah, that's, super that's speculative. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of interesting ones like Numer AI, which is like a uh, hedge fund type coin where like it has to do with like computing power and people stake their coin into potentially win prizes where it would be this massive hedge fund that's all AI based. That's kind of an interesting one to have. Lex Friedman had the uh, creator of it on um, his podcast recently. You know, you have the Brave browser. I don't know if you've ever used that, mm-hmm. but they have yeah. like a really high-end uh, ad blocking setup where now they have a, their own coin, BAT, the basic attention token, where, you know, you can basically get paid to view advertisements through their browser. You get paid in this coin. Um there's a lot of real interesting things going on with it, but it seems that most of the online transactions of like creators with the NFTs and all that, everybody wants Ethereum. That's like the the coin, the go-to thing. So, yeah. But between those, again, we are not financial advisors. We're not telling you to buy anything. This is don't sue us if you lose all our money and this all goes to zero. But right. yeah, I mean, five to ten percent of your long-term investments. Why not just dollar cost average in and you know. Why yeah, not? I mean, exactly. It's like, um, you know, it's all about diversification anyways. And yeah. what, what better way to diversify than buy a little uh, imaginary money? Yeah, some imaginary <laughs> money that you can't see, hold, touch. I don't even barely understand how the blockchain works. And yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it's a great, great way to invest about 10% of my uh, long-term savings. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. That's a good one to end on. Hopefully people did not make it this far because I don't want people to take anything as advice and actually go use use their money and lose it. So hopefully they stop somewhere around uh, our therapy. (laughs) Good call. Good call. All right. All right. Well, it's good to talk to you, Stephen. Um, Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was really nice talking to you, catching up. And I I, uh, look forward to recording this Pirates episode here in the next few years. Yeah. I said we would not go like our usual hour and a half episode. And lo and behold, it looks like we went about an hour and a half. (laughs) You know, every time that you have me on, we seem to run over. So I'll I'll take that as a compliment for sure. That's uh, it is. It is a compliment. Well, I appreciate it. So, hey, it was good seeing you. Uh, You have a wonderful week and uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. See you.